Alright everyone, welcome back to Filmcraft, and it's been a little while since we've done this, but we have a special guest today. Her name is Jessica Michael Davis, and she's recently gone through the Sundance Collab Scholarship? Fellowship? What do they technically call it? Uh, I guess I got through it on the scholarship, but it's just an online course. Okay. So she's recently done work with Sundance <laughs> Online, and I've been following her through social media. I met her in Yonkers through a film festival, and it just looked like what you were going through with this, and just through your short and everything in general. By the way, your dogs are adorable. <laughs> Thank but you, they are. <laughs> everything, everything you've been going through just looked really interesting, and I thought the listeners could get a lot from hearing about it. So welcome to the show, and Thank why don't you. you just give everyone a little rundown on who you are, what brought you to film, and kind of the intro to oh. the Sundance program. <laughs> um, well, I am an actor, filmmaker. Um, I'd say my first time coming into film was when I was 10 years old. I wrote the screenplay to School of Rock 2, and I mailed it to Richard Linklater <laughs> with a cover letter casting myself in the film. Um, unfortunately, that did not work out. Maybe one day it still will. <laughs> I still have hope. <laughs> um, but ever since then, I've just been in love with storytelling. Um, so Jane is a short film that I created during school, actually. Um, but then I realized that this was a story I really cared about and could be a series. So from there, um, it's just developed so much. And this past January, I applied to this Sundance course um, called Sundance Collab. And the specific course that I took was called TV Concepts, but they do offer different courses as well that would um, just whatever you're interested in. If there's producing, there's um, feature film writing, so on and so forth. Um, so I did TV Concepts and it was an eight week course. And yeah, we can jump in it from there. <laughs> Fantastic. So one question before I do, when you said you wrote the concept or the story for Jane in school, did you go to film school or is that just regular school you wrote it during? Uh, I went to an acting conservatory, but we did study filmmaking and film history throughout it. Okay, cool. Also, by by the end of this, I'm going to pick your brain on School of Rock 2, your idea, because I adore <laughs> that movie. Richard Linklater is my favorite oh my director God. of all time. Yeah, he is incredible. And literally, that is the best movie. Oh, totally. <laughs> okay, so um, we, I guess your Jane, making the short of Jane, didn't necessarily bring you directly to the Sundance collab, but it was what you when you applied, did you say, this is the idea that I want to go forward and expand? Or did they just say apply and then we'll figure it out later? How did the process of applying for it work? So I came across the Sundance collab. Um, actually, how did I come across it? I think I was looking into the labs, which are the in-person labs we all know about. Um, and they yep. accept 10 projects per lab. The courses, however, they accept 30 people into the course. And I do believe they offer a couple throughout the year. Uh, so I came across this and it was just perfect timing. Um, I was feeling stuck with Jane because I knew I had the pitch deck ready. Um, but anytime I went to sit down and write it, I just felt a little stuck. And I came across the collab and it just seemed like the perfect opportunity. You get a one-on-one -on -one advisor with TV writers who are in writer's room right now. Um, and so I applied. I know that you have to put, you know, your bio, some background. Uh, I actually did send in my short version of Jane. And I think you just need to put like why you care about it, um, why you think this is a story that needs to be told now. Um, and then it was about a month until I found out that I was accepted and that I got accepted for the scholarship as well. Fantastic. 
Um, so before we jump right into the class, just because you had just told me about this before we started recording, you actually found out that you were going to do this Sundance collab while you were at Sundance. Yes, that was a really cool moment. Um, yeah, I applied to the course the beginning of January, not even knowing that I was going to be going to the film festival. Um, but back in November, actually the same time we met, I had this gut feeling that I should just go to Sundance this year, even though I had no really reason why, no money to go whatsoever. Um, but during the month of November, when I went to a lot of film festivals, I met a girl who goes every single year and just convinced me that it's the best experience you can ever have. And she's been going the past three years. And so I think it was like a week and a half before the festival actually happened. She messaged me and was like, Hey, I have extra room. And I don't know, just, I said yes, not knowing how I was going to make it work and everything fell into place. And I got there um, the first night and I got an email that night, like an hour after I arrived that I got accepted to this program. And it was just, yeah, it was a really cool moment. And then I was able to, you know, use that to meet people. And it really was a magical experience. That sounds like it was just universally meant to be. Yeah, I love when that so, happens. Just out of straight curiosity, because I've never been to Sundance, and I'm sure many of our listeners never have, but as filmmakers, I think everyone aspires one day to go or to be a part of it. What was your experience there? What was it like? It was... Uh, it, I, magical is the word I constantly use. Um, I mean, it was it was cold, but uh, <laughs> you. I've met so many great filmmakers and just people. Some people weren't even filmmakers, just people who love films, which, you know, are, as a filmmaker, those are the people we care about who yeah. keep us going. Um, and yeah, I met people from all over the world. I actually met a person who did one of the labs in person. So I got to hear about his experience with that. Um, I currently applied to one of those. So fingers crossed that I'll be finding out. <laughs> um, I met friends that actually lived in New York who I met at Sundance, who I'm still really close with and am looking to collaborate with. Um, there was so many panels and uh, films, obviously, um, just a lot of cool events. And surprisingly, there was a lot of free stuff. Like I never once paid for coffee, which is heaven for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, the most of the panels were really easy in, uh, to get into. Um, I went not having any tickets to anything, but they have this app and a wait list that makes it really easy to get into everything. Um, so I think there was only maybe two out of like 10 films that I didn't get to see. Um, but they make it just a really easy experience. What was your favorite thing you saw at Sundance this year? Oh. And <laughs> I'm already ready to go. <laughs> yeah, you got one? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was going to let you go on to your next question, but it's literally my favorite film. It's probably up there with School of Rock. Um, it's called Promising Young Woman. It comes okay. out April 17th. We'll see what happens, though, because of the virus. Yeah. Um, but it's a revenge rape story so it's a little similar to jane um but it's written and directed by emerald finale who's the showrunner on killing eve and it stars carrie mulligan and uh bo burnham and it's just an incredible incredible movie interesting it just for our listeners in case they're thinking of watching it should they be ex expecting something pretty graphic um gra actually no it's not graphic it's actually really funny uh, okay. It's, it's really funny. And then it just, it uh, will shock you out of nowhere, but it's not graphic. Um, right. and I actually do think it's, it's good to go into the film, not knowing much about it. 
All right. Well, you've sold me. April 17th. April 17th. I can't wait to see it again. <laughs> All right. I'm stoked. And my second question, when you were there, like I think when people start to learn a little bit about Sundance, you start to hear how crazy it is and how everything is full all the time. Did you was your experience like that? Was it kind of overwhelming in that sense? There was too many people, too much things to see, not enough time. Um, I wouldn't say it's really overwhelming. I think it's actually really cool that there's just so much to see and do because I was there only four days and I felt like I was there a week. It was so exciting. There was so much to do. Um, when it comes to, you know, overwhelming, um, you'll see that things are sold out. But like I said, with the wait list, uh, I think maybe it wasn't overwhelming for me because the person I stayed with has gone before. So she gave me the rundown. It might have been overwhelming. If, like I just went into it without knowing anything or anyone. Um, but there's this wait list that you literally watch the clock count down and then you jump <laughs> on that wait list. And, you know, I think it depends on how big the theater is because there's theaters in different locations and they have different sizes. Um, but most of the time you actually can get into the line. Um, if you see that, like you're near the end of the wait list, you can give up your spot and try to go see something else or see another panel. Um, the one thing that was really difficult, uh, to get into was this one panel that had like Lin-Manuel Miranda and Kerry Washington. Um, so it was a really popular panel and it was at the Egyptian theater, which is one of their bigger theaters. Um, so that wait line, you know, I was in for like two hours and I didn't end up getting in, but everything else, uh, they have like a certain time that you have to be in the wait line. So it's not like you need to camp out overnight. Um, mm -hmm. I think that they set it up really well that you can still go see things and then just make sure you're in the wait line at a certain time. Um, and it doesn't adjust where you stand in line because they already gave you your number. So I think that they set it up in a really smart way that allows you to see as much as possible. Um, though it probably is better to get some tickets ahead of time. But at the same time, I think that it's kind of cool to just like wake up and decide what you're going to do that day instead of having everything planned out because you meet people and they invite you to things because so many of the events have plus ones. So I got to go to like an agency party from someone I met. Um, so a lot of it is spur of the moment, which is really cool. Yeah, it sounds great. All right. So moving past Sundance, I just want to stop on your short film, Jane, real quick before we get into the Sundance Club. Do you want to give the listeners a quick rundown of, I guess, what it is and however you'd like to describe it? Sure. Uh, so it's about a loving mother and wife who has a secret life as a hit woman for women who have been sexually assaulted. Um, throughout the season, you see her and her life as a mom. Uh, you get to learn a little bit about her past and what brought her to being Jane. And I guess the <laughs> the first question, since we're on the specific subject of Jane, what was what was Jane before you did the collab and how did it evolve through it to the point where it's, you know, the brief pitch you just said right there? So I, yeah, I went into it um, with the short film and a pitch deck, which I had about seven episodes planned out. Um, so with this course, like I said, it was an eight-week course. We focus primarily on the pilot, though you do get to start thinking about the future episodes as well. Um, but I'm just, it's just, I feel like every single week it evolved because we had deadlines and we start with character development and really developing um, the details and wants and needs of the characters. And then we jump into an outline and uh, different, like, the ABC stories and overlapping those and interweaving them. So they 
you know, are mapped across the episode and not in a bunch of A story in a row. So it's like it mixes between the A, B, and C stories throughout the episode. And from there, we jump into the full detailed outline, which is then what we go into our pilot. Um, so each week, I think it developed more and more. Um, I don't want to give away too much what has changed. <laughs> so that way, when it does get picked up as a show, nothing's going to be spoiled. Yeah. Um, but my advisor has, uh, like I said, you have an advisor that is specifically with you one-on-one. And she'll give you notes each week. And I think that is what has helped immensely is her feedback on where it should go or, you know, the different turns it should maybe take. Or honestly, too, I think a lot of it is just having the confidence as a writer, because a lot of times, at least for me, um, you know, I doubt my ability. I feel like a fraud sometimes. Mm. But the the truth is, like, we're all just faking it till we make it. So I think a lot of this gave me the confidence to continue going forward with the story. Okay. Well, I mean, it sounds like a pretty great program so far. Um, When you mentioned, like, you would start by dissecting character wants and needs, and then you'd move on from that. Is that kind of how it goes week to week like week one do they say we're going to pick apart your characters once week two is you know who they are on the inside that kind of thing or is it more you just keep refining every aspect of it every week i think it's a little bit of both um you know we do have each week is specifically like the first week we developed the characters and the plot archetypes um and the second week we would jump into like the abc stories but i think that you continuously develop those and refine those uh with every week but you do just build on top of it with every week after. Okay, interesting. And when you had made the short for Jane, in your head, you kind of knew that mm-hmm. you wanted to take this in an episodic fashion instead of a feature, right? I actually, I, uh, how do I put this without <laughs> giving too much take away? Take your time. I had, <laughs> I had an ending at the, the first version of the short that would have just stopped it right then okay. and there. Um. Yeah, I killed I killed someone off in the short version. Let's say that <laughs> that would have changed a lot of. I mean, I guess it would have it could have still gone from a series from there. But for me, at the when I first sit down to wrote it or to write it, um, it was just going to be a short. And once I started developing the story more and tweaking in the editing room, um, I realized, oh, I probably shouldn't kill that person off. And <laughs> It was actually my teacher who said, you know, he sees a lot of legs on this. And that kind of gave me the little push forward. Um, Oh, and through my conservatory, we took a class about pitching. And that also helped me start to develop this into a series because I already had this idea. I had already filmed it. I just haven't, um, I didn't edit it or anything yet. Uh, So that's when I started this pitch class um, taught by this brilliant female filmmaker, a friend of mine, uh, Jamie Monahan. She ch- teaches pitch classes here in New York. Um, so with that, that was a six-week course where we learn how to pitch shows and put together a pitch deck. And through that is when I developed the seven episodes of Jane. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So jumping mm-hmm. back to the collab, after you did that, those first couple of weeks of character work and kind of refining, refining the plot, what else, what big, big things did you take away from this? Hmm. I think one really cool thing was the different uh, steps to writing a pilot, uh, using the ABC stories to 
get the details of those and then mapping it out on, um, I want to call it, oh, a beach mm-hmm. getting that together in like an episode board uh, and then turning that into an outline. They take you through those steps and then they take you um, through the outline a couple times and tweaking it and getting all the details. And that sets you up perfectly for the pilot. Okay, interesting. And how much did the short that you have already made, how much did that factor into this? Or did it, when you came into the collab, was it basically, forget the short you just made, we're going to take the written material and just make it a new thing? Mm-hmm. Sorry, were you asking if that's what? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> is it, did, would you say that the, the short would still be considered like canon or is that just kind of like more of a pitch and then the series is going to go and supersede that short, you know? Yeah, I think that it's it's separated. It was just what the underlying idea was. Um, and then we just kind of forget that and use that um, log line and idea to develop within this ser- uh, into this course. Because there was actually a, uh, other people in the course who didn't have a short or anything. I do know that you have to submit other materials to get accepted to this course, um, whether that's a short. But I do not believe it has to be related to the idea you're developing within the course. Okay. Interesting. But just for me, it lucked out that it was. Okay. Yeah. This is such an interesting idea to take. Like, it seems like they give you a lot of free range, at least in terms of your application, the idea you bring forward. It's just like, bring us you. We'll see if we jive with you and then let's make something awesome. Yeah. I think that is kind of what it's like. Uh, they get to know you through your application and, you know, what the story is you're trying to tell, why you care about it. I think they, you know, get a sense of that and probably from the work that you submit. Um, yeah, and then you bring this idea to the table. And what's cool is that it still feels like a community, even if it's online. Like I know with the in-person labs, they have this circle and they get to know each other. And so that way everyone, you know, remains friends even after the course and can collaborate or just stay in touch. And even though it's an online platform, they still allow the ability to do that on Zoom and everyone gets their chance to come on camera and say, you know, about themselves and about the story they're wanting to tell. Um, So I've been in contact with some people still who I just finished the course with. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, Yeah, cool community. So on this podcast, one of the things that we really try and do is give as much like practical information as we can. So if there was, say, I don't know, one, two, three, however many things that you think you learned that were concrete, that you could say you were to write um, a new series or a new feature, a new short today, what lessons did you learn through this that you would bring to that new piece of material? Well, um, I definitely think character and using the characters to develop the story. Uh, I think developing their wants and needs and having them really clear, concise, um, and specific, but also just as basic as, you know, the human wants and needs is something that's really important when going to any series. Um, Another thing that one of my advisors had told me Uh, that I think is really useful for everything is having conflict in each and every scene. Like, why is this scene here? Because I found that, you know, there was some scenes that I would write in and it really wasn't that necessary, though I liked the idea of it. There wasn't really a beginning, middle end to the scene. Um, It wasn't really pushing the story forward. 
And that was one thing that they made sure, like, if the scene is there, it should either be pushing the plot or it should be developing the characters further. Um, so I think just the structure of an episode was something that is really useful that you take on. Um, let's see what else. We actually, we had a week too um, where we got to ask questions to our advisors who are in writer's rooms. And then they brought another guest as well who was on a few writers rooms and we got to ask them questions about the business and their writing process, their, how they got to where they are in their careers now. Um, so aside from the projects we're working on, they took the time to inform us on, you know, the career as a writer as well. Okay. I got to ask about that. What kind of, (laughs) what did they say? (laughs) Um, let's see, there's so much information. I don't even know where to begin. Um, something is about taking notes, how I feel like a lot of us are the same way, how to take notes well is, you know, once you get a note about your thing, because it is, especially if the story is personal to you, let it, you know, just sit there for 24 hours, you can be mad about it, you can cry about it, you can bury your face in a pillow, (laughs) and then revisit those notes the next day, and be open to them and just try them. And most of the time you realize, okay, this person you know, cares about me in this story. They're just thinking of what's best. Um, So that was something that was universal, I think, throughout everyone. Um, What else? A lot of them started as, you know, like a writer assistant or um, they, you know, working their way up a PA uh, to get into those writer's rooms. So I think that was something that seemed consistent throughout the film world and every aspect as you, you know, Start at the bottom. Um, don't be an asshole is a huge point. Make sure you're, you know, yeah. Um, what else? Oh, I actually asked them New York versus L.A. because that was a big thing I was wondering. And they all agreed L.A., especially for the writers' rooms, I guess. Um, because New York, even though they do have some shows here now, the majority is still out in L.A. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the ones in New York's are it's harder to get in the room because there are like a smaller amount of rooms. Um, So when it came to the writing career, LA, I guess it could be different depending on what you're looking for. Um, But that's something that I've been considering. I was going to say, is a move in the works for you now? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. You should do it. You should definitely do it. I mean, uh, being Canadian, I don't have the option to go to LA, but I think I did the Canadian equivalent. I was living kind of eastern canada and one day i was like i'm gonna give this film thing a shot i really want to do it so i just packed up and moved to vancouver i can tell you yeah. it's 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 good stuff you should do it yeah yeah it's okay. gonna be hard <laughs> but it'll be rewarding if yeah. you really put yourself into it yeah i think so too it's the three dogs i'm more concerned yeah about. yeah that's fair i can't help you with that <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right so i mean as as far as the collab, is there anything that mm-hmm. is just popping out to you, you know, having talked about this, things that come back to your mind that you think the audience would benefit from knowing about it? Um, so actually, yeah, uh, something that I did really appreciate as well. I mean, there was every single aspect of this class I really appreciated. I think I grew so much within the past eight weeks. Um, so, so much. Uh, but the very last 
class, you actually get a full one-on-one -on -one with your advisor um, on screen. Uh, and I think that was really, really useful because it was completely personal. You got to ask some questions face-to-face um, -face versus all the other notes just had been on Google Drive and email. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that was really cool because we got to, you know, dish out different ideas for the story. Um, just I actually had that last class earlier this week and <laughs> we made a choice together that completely changed the future of the series. Um, and that was just a 45 minute meeting one on one that, yeah, it was just really, really um, important and cool. That's fantastic. Um, so I'd like to touch on real quick, like the way that this collab influenced the written words on the page in terms of like from a style perspective. So, for example, I remember when I first started writing years ago, the screenplays, they'd look a lot more. Uh, like Lego pieces, I guess, like he walks here, he shoots gun, he opens door. Yeah. Did your writing go through kind of an evolution of the, like, did you try or did they have an influence on you to make it more poetic on the page? Did they strip down any of your writing? Did they expand it? Like how do the written words on the page feel now compared to before this? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, actually. So there was a class where we talked about uh, establishing tone and tableau. And through that, we dove into a couple shows. Like we, we watch different clips and we look at different scripts um, and see how they do it and how they're really good at establishing the tone on the page. And throughout the class too, we have assignments to read certain scripts. And that actually, even though that's something we could have done aside from this class, I think the knowledge of that is something that I'm taking away from this class is how important it is to read scripts and pilots um, because you see how other people do it. And like the one script that always sticks out in my mind is Breaking Bad. And it's just the details and how he like the poetry of it, like you're saying, is just so beautiful. And I think going from that into my writing, it was really influenced by that. Um, and The Haunting of Hill House was another pilot we read that you could just immediately get the tone and suspense just from the writing. Um, but that's something, you know, listeners can do now is just reading these scripts. And I think it was something that is immensely helpful. I mean, it's a free masterclass, really. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've actually read the Breaking Bad pilot episode script, and it's fantastic. It's, I mean, mm -hmm. I think it's uh, it's a little bit different for me in my mind because I read it after watching, you know, the show so I'm, it might be a bit of cheating like oh i can see it in my head but i i have seen it in my head but having said that like the the way the words were on the page everything was just so fluid and it, the one thing that really jumped out to me was everything looked exactly how i pictured in my head but the pacing of it was right on cue like there was no the sentences mm -hmm. were exactly as long as they needed to be mm -hmm. yeah um i don't know if that's exactly something you're told or something you just kind of, I think that's something you learn the more you do it. But we did talk about how, um, you know, like a certain turn should fall on a specific page. If you have like an hour long series or a half hour series, or if you're writing for like a network, you know, that's going to be different than a streaming because streaming hour long, is going to be a full hour. Whereas a network, you know, you're only going to be writing about 40 to 45 pages. 
versus the full yeah, hour. Yeah, definitely. And that actually brings me to my next question. When So you went into this, you're saying Jane is going to be a series. Was one of the first things they asked you, okay, do you picture this being hour long, half hour long? Is this a Netflix thing where it can be as long as you want? Or did they not even worry about that? Or they just write, like write the fucking thing? <laughs> I think it's a mix of both um, because they do want to know what your idea of it is, especially versus the hour long um, versus half hour. But I think that, you know, depending on your show, that could change. Even my meeting this week, uh, when I was talking to her about it, I was saying how through my outline, I was nervous that maybe this wasn't going to be a full hour. And my show is something I pictured on a streaming network just because of the tone and the content. But she mentioned to me that she thinks my show is something that could be adapted to any of them. Like, granted, maybe that's what I have in mind, but it could be um, a network. It could even be shortened down to a half hour. Um, so I think that they want you to be flexible and be adaptable, adaptable, especially, you know, in the current uh, life that we're living where, you know, they have like QB is coming out. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. But there's like 10 minute episodes now on a new streaming network. Um, there's YouTube. There's Facebook Watch, I believe it's called. Um, there's all these different platforms where I think it's good as a writer to be adaptable to the different types of networks out there. Yeah, absolutely. And just out of curiosity, are you allowed to say who your advisors are or they like don't mention this? <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, if you're not sure, don't that, say it. <laughs> No, I think I'm allowed because it says so. It says on the course if I go to the website. Um, so our instructor who, you know, talks throughout most of the class and was an advisor to some people is Angela Lamana. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right. Um, and my advisor, though, was Kristen Meyer. And she was a writer in um, on always sunny in Philadelphia as well as some other networks she wrote for. Um, I know Angela was a writer on Hannibal. Um, I'm trying to think of some other shows she was on someone, the guest that we had come on, she was a writer on 13 reasons why. Um, yeah, I'm blanking on some of the other shows they worked on, but those are the ones that are standing out. If you go to the website, it tells you their whole, you know, biography and about them. Yeah. So this actually brings up an interesting point. I wonder if they give you any insight into this. Those shows that you all mentioned, aside from It's Always Sunny, it is more comedic, but the those dramas all share, I don't want to say a similar tone, but you can picture them in the same kind of ballpark. So I wonder if when you were applying for this, did they in the application say, you know, we're looking for this kind of stuff or is it very broad? Like, did, were there people in the program that wanted to do kid shows and stuff like that or was it more focused mm. um i don't know if there's anyone who wanted to do kid shows but i don't see why they would oppose to that i know that we had some anthology series um from the writers in our course um there was some comedic ones there were some dramatic ones um there was a nice mix of everything i don't think there was any kids or animated series but i also i'm not too sure if I feel like they would be open to that, at least for the online course. I know when it comes to the in-person labs from the people I've met who have done those, um, I think they're more specific with what they want from those. And they want—they um, don't want too many of the same thing. They want a nice, diverse uh, amount of stories, especially since they're only choosing mm -hmm. 10. Um, yeah, and I think that they want something that they can definitely help those people 
Um, like I met someone who was a finalist for one of these and she was saying too, how like sometimes it's not even like you could have the best project and still not be accepted to these labs. Sometimes it's just, they see, you know, who maybe needs help with the writing or they have this great idea that could be refined a little bit more, or this person is just like a super promising filmmaker. Um, there's so much like that gets considered going into these things that you don't really know. Yeah, totally fair. Totally fair. All right. So I think unless you, you say something based off this, that spurs another question in my mind, I think this might be the last one I have for you. Um, if someone's considering going into this, the, the collab portion of it, that is, mm -hmm. is this something that they could do with a full-time job? Is this something that takes every second of your life for eight weeks? Like where's the time commitment of it? Uh, yeah, I think you could do it with a full-time job. So there's just once a week is a two to three hour, depending on the week, two to three hour class that is streamed live, but they actually do record it. Um, so you can view it later. Let's say if you know you have something or you get a gig or whatnot. Um, and I think that just varies. They'll tell you the time when you applied to the course, what time each week that would be. Uh, like for mine, it was noon on Mondays, Eastern Standard Time. Because uh, there's people, you know, all throughout the world that take these classes. So uh, I guess the time zone matters. Um, and then you have your work due later that week. Like mine was due Friday night because my class was on Monday. So that way it gives enough time over the weekend for my advisor to give back notes and feedback. Um, and I think, you know, I have a side job, um, <laughs> but I definitely had enough time to get my work done. I think some people struggled a little bit to get their work done on time if they had a full-time job, but I guess it just depends on what your schedule looks like. As long as you have some time each night to dedicate to working on the project and getting that work done, I think it's totally doable. It's, it's on your own time. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the last question I have. Do you have any final thoughts, things that people might find interesting or need to know if they're considering going into this? Uh, no, I think I said it all. It was just, I mean, there was so much that I'm not even saying either, just because there's so much to say about it. Um, it was just a really great experience and I'm probably going to be doing the next step of this course because they have, um, a course right after this one where you really dive into your pilot. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. All right. And do you have to reapply for that or since you've gone through this, they just take you? I do believe I have to reapply to it, but I, um, I think that was a pre a prerequisite. So hopefully that means <laughs> I'll be accepted into this. I actually haven't thought about that this that much. Um, I'm more concerned about the lab right now because I should be finding out within the next couple weeks. It's uh, April 8th is when I'll find out if I make it to the next round for the Sundance lab. Um, and then I won't even find out if I got into it until I think August. Well, I'm rooting for you. Thank so <laughs> aside from the, the potential lab and the potential second part of this uh, collab course, what else is uh, in the future for you? Oh, well, <laughs> hopefully lots of things. <laughs> move into L.A. Um, there's, <laughs> right. I guess, yeah, a big move is ahead of me. <laughs> um, there was actually a short I was supposed to shoot uh, two weekends ago. But, you know. Yeah, I saw that. The I'm sorry about that. And all of this. Yeah, I mean, luckily we we're able to get a refund on the location we had and we didn't lose any money because I'm co-producing it. So that's something that's important to me. Mm -hmm. So we're able to postpone it. 
Um, but you know, it's something that we needed winter weather for and the way that this virus is looking, I don't know if we're going to be able to shoot until fall, which really stinks. Cause we're going to miss a lot of deadlines for festivals. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. And I have some other projects in the works too. I'd like to get going. So just using this as an opportunity to keep writing and yeah. planning stuff. I out. feel you. I feel you. I just finished a feature script yesterday and I think a week ago, the total page count now is 111. I think a week ago I was at mid forties and I'm like, well, I'm wow. in quarantine. It's time to do this. <laughs> <laughs> right. You got all the time now. Exactly. All right. Well, um, if people wanted to follow you and check out what you're doing, where can they find you? Uh, yeah. On Instagram, it's Jessica Michael Davis. Um, my website is also jessicamichaeldavis.com or you can email me at jessicamichaeldavis at gmail.com. All right. Perfect. Well, thanks for being on the show. I, I mean, this Sundance thing, the collab is seems very, very interesting. I just opened up a tab on my computer right now. I'm going to check it out right after this. So yeah, actually too, Sundance is offering, I believe to everyone, I hope it's not just, I hope I'm not, you know, giving this false hope out there, but, uh, I was told they're giving free masterclasses and some workshops right now due to the virus. So maybe check out some of those as Fantastic. well. Fantastic. All right. Well, yeah, thanks for being on the show and uh, hopefully we can Thank have you, you back on me. one day. Yeah. Maybe I'll have more to say. Yeah. <laughs> you had plenty to say. <laughs> All right. Well, until next week, this is Filmcraft and it's brought to you by ACAST. Just want to thank them for having us around for another week and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.